Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Week with Cheek podcast. Before we start this podcast, I would like to acknowledge that we are on stolen lands of the Yagra and Turrbal people and pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Welcome back to the Weekly Cheek. Welcome! Oh my god! <laughs> <sighs> so we're recording this on Sunday the 22nd of May, the day after the election. And we're so happy. Obviously, the Libs have lost the election um, and we're very pumped about it. Yes. And so we want to do a, an episode that's like straight away our thoughts. Yes. Hannah's not prepared, prepared any thoughts. I just drove over here and cried. I keep crying. I've been crying a lot in the car. I cried in the car four times yesterday, listening to Shannon Knowles' Lift. Someone suggested that for our Democracy Snag playlist and I kept listening to it and kept crying. And then by the time I got to the election results last night, I was like sick of crying. Yeah. So then I got really tired from all the crying. I think the salt in the tears had <laughs> dehydrated, dehydrated my face. Also, I, I, literally, I remember, I remember thinking yesterday, I've been standing in the pouring rain for eight hours and I don't think I've had a glass of water. And the first glass of water I drank was at like 11 o'clock because I was dying by the end of the day. Oh, yeah, probably gave me. very dehydrated. Anyway, enough of the tears. Then in this morning, I was driving over here listening to Lift with a different vibe. Mm-hmm. So now I'm listening to Shannon Noel, like now I'm emotional because we did Lift and then I'm crying for a different reason and then I got here that's so beautiful <laughs> I fucking hate myself I actually don't even know the song to be honest like it doesn't I can't think of it right now I'm not gonna sing it that's okay we'll keep it as a mystery <laughs> all right so first of all this is the most important note that I wrote while I was watching tv is that like morning. an iPad visual diary <laughs> <laughs> okay on to the notes <laughs> I wrote that while I was watching um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine this morning. Okay, so what is the most exciting part to you? About last night? Yeah. The Greens in Queensland. Yes. I was shocked. And I think that you often hear the Greens talking about seats being winnable. Mm-hmm. And I often think, oh, but come on. Yeah. Like I, I unfortunately like have this whole thing where I'm like, What's winnable? I think there's different versions of winnable for different parties. And I really, really wanted the Greens um, to take Griffith because it was looking really good. Mm -hmm. And they did very clearly. And then to have Brisbane and Ryan, we don't know about Brisbane yet as we're recording, but Ryan to go to the Senate's looking good Mm -hmm. um, for a Green Senator in Queensland to join Larissa Waters. And watching the Greens pull home in arguably Australia's most conservative state Mm. is really promising for the I future. I mean, Tasmania. I think that when we talk about Australia and we think about who would be pinned as the most obviously conservative, it would be Queensland. Do you think? Yes. I, th- I just feel like it's a myth that people have peddled to the point where now everyone just believes it. But anyway, this shows them. the population of Tasmania means that they don't really get considered in that way. Yeah, true. And uh, especially after the 2019 election, everyone's like, oh, thanks a lot, Queensland. Look what you've done. I remember the next day it was like one zillion memes saying, basically, why don't you go fuck yourself, Queensland? Yeah, and like Australia, the, Australia's Texas and all that shit. Yes, yes. I think the most exciting thing for me, because like, to, I mean, I think we all knew it was a pretty good chance mm. that um, the Libs would lose, but we just didn't know whether, like, what a what a win would exactly look like, whether it would be Labor, whether they'd have to form a coalition, whether there would be a hung parliament, blah, blah, blah. Um, And I don't know why, but for the last like two to three days of the election campaign, I just had the worst vibes. Yeah, same. And I was like, oh, my God. And I I feel like that was when 
everyone started to get like really confident, everyone around me. Yes. And I was like, oh my God, just like everyone stay calm. Cause I just, I don't know. And I don't know if it's cause the weather was so bad. Maybe I think that had something to do with it. But also we were drained. Like yeah. the tank was empty, I would say five business days ago for me. But also like all of those Murdoch articles that were like, yeah. everyone loves an underdog. Don't give up yet. Cause it's not done. I just think that that was a bit. And also in the polls, like, the coalition had like made a little bit of ground in some polls. Um, and I thought that it would be, I thought it was going to be close, like much, much closer than it was. I will. I, I kept saying, and I, I stand by this. I kept saying it's going to go one of two ways, landslide victory for labor, or we're not going to know last night on the basis that there's too many teal independents and greens to call it. Yeah. And in a way, both of those things happened. Obviously it was obvious to call, but it was close. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't clear last night whether labor could form a minority or majority government. Yes. And, but it looks like they will be at a former majority yes. at the time that we're recording. Um, so we actually got a lot of questions in the last like few days of the election um, on our Instagram that were about like this split in the left. Mm. Um, and I do just want to say like it was tweeted, something was tweeted about a split in the left and with no context given. Not by us, not by, by, not by us. journalist. Yeah, I was really disappointed because I like the journalist, um, but the tweet was made with no context. And when I first read it, I was just like, what? We have preferential voting, like, that makes no sense. Mm. Because I think that there is like a bit of a myth that, that it's, that when you vote Greens, you are taking something from Labor. But generally speaking, when people vote one Greens, they vote two Labor. So that's not necessarily the case. Um, so I was a little bit disappointed by this tweet. And I was like, why are they saying that? Like that, we are preferential voting. And then Hannah was like, no, they mean like possibility for a, for some, uh, you know, a hung parliament or some form of co- coalition to have to be um, formed by Labor and like Greens uh, in the balance of power kind of vibes. And I was like, oh. No, see, I actually think the intention was what you're saying, but I decided to take it my way, which you just said, because Very that's powerful. easier. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I like the journalists, so I was like, I'm just going to fucking completely. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to name them because I just, I feel like a lot of people have said it and I don't really want to like point out one person. No, agreed. Um, anyway, and so, yeah, so then Hannah said that's like the way that you took it. And I was like, well... But are those things fundamentally different? Because I think that what – I love how I said, oh, I'm going to take as your view, but I'm saying the views are kind of the same. Like we're talking about the voting versus the outcome. So I'm saying well, talking about the split in the left vote would mean that Labor couldn't form majority government and they would have to rely on a coalition with the Greens and independents to form government. Mm-hmm. But it's not that different from what you're saying, which is like at the voting booth, you know, Greens could take away from Labor. It's yeah. kind of the same thing in just a different yeah, a different aspect of the procedure. Fuck, yes. that sounds boring, that whole sentence. Yes. And also like, and just with the, 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 the vibe of the questions that we were getting and they were just in question box in our Instagram. So no context was required, but I think it like, it just seemed to spook people yeah. and people were kind of like, oh my God, does this mean like the Libs might win? Which is why I was worried that people are taking it that way. And I was like, well, it's not like, it doesn't work like that. Mm. Like it does. I just, it really bothered me that that was kind of the line of speak of talking. And a lot of commentators did talk about this. Yes. And like at the end of the day. But I think the thing for me that I constantly was thinking last night was obviously the Nats and Libs form coalition and that's their power. But it's interesting because the Nats aren't that powerful, not in very many seats. They are powerful though. That's the problem. No, but what I mean is. 
if one nation or the United Australia party were actually half decent at what they do, they would be a threat to splitting the right vote Yeah, in the same sense. Yeah. But they're not. No. They offer like maybe 5% of the vote in most seats that they do well in generally. Yeah. But they also pretty much always vote with the LNP or the coalition. And I think when we talk about what excited us about last night, I think obviously the the Cranes in Queensland, (laughs) (laughs) the Cranes in Queensland excited me. But I think what excited me most was seeing the percentage of the vote that the Greens took in every electorate because what that says is how disenfranchised progressives are with the two-party system Mm -hmm. and how passionate people are about climate action and the war that's been waged on women by the coalition. Exactly. And that, that to me, says everything about our power and the way we've shifted over the last year, especially. 100%. And not to like, again, I feel we're just like throwing stick stones at ABC journalists. Um, look, I really like Annabelle Crabb. However, and she wasn't as bad as Lee Sales, but the commentary last night... was terrific. It was so bad. It sounded like I said terrific, just that it was horrific. She meant it with a H. With a H. H. Hannah. Horrific. (laughs) Um, Like the way that people were talking, the journalists were talking about how people like green people were voting greens as a protest and voting teal as a protest. Mm -hmm. Sorry, it's not a fucking protest when the candidate wins. How can you say that? That is um, that is actually whack. Actually, no. My bigger problem was the way they spoke to the politicians that were on the panel. Oh, Did yeah. Did you see the way they spoke to Tanya Plibersek? I know. I don't care about the fucking lib. Who cares? <laughs> throw, throw shit on him for all I care. Obviously, that's not fair. They but, didn't even congratulate her on winning. But it was just such an attack. And mm-hmm. obviously, they're cutting in and out and going to different fucking parties. Um, and blah, blah, blah. But I, I understand the sentiment that voting for an independent is a protest, especially when they have no track record in politics, right? But to say that about the Greens is what bothers me more mm, because it's yeah. like they are the third major party in this country. Yeah. And what we're actually seeing is young people and older progressive people coming up the ranks, becoming more informed through social media. And mm-hmm. that platform has grown exponentially over the last year with platforms like the Daily Oz, yep. who have educated young people, got them more interested and said, we have a voice and we can go progressive. We mm-hmm. can demand more of these people. It's not a protest. It's a value. Exactly. And even Anthony Green said, like at the very start of the night, he said, um, the polls have have ignored the Greens vote. And he said, I think that we'll see a lot more Greens than was indicated in the polls. Yes. And I think that this is the first time that a lot of people are going to actually take the Greens seriously yeah. because they are serious. And like that is a reflection of young progressive, progressive Australians. And the Teal Independents are reflective of women. Yeah. Probably older, like the older professional women are the kind of demographic that has been, like that we've heard about. So this is young people and older professional women who are saying that they're fucking sick of the libs, sick of the coalition, and also sick of being ignored by the major parties. Yeah. I remember last night something was said that now in Melbourne, the safest liberal seat is 50 kilometers from the city center. Bye. That is incredible. It's so exciting. Fuck you, Josh Frydenberg. <laughs> That's one of the things on my list, Josh Frydenberg. Goodbye. I was really scared because it looked for a second like um, Monique Ryan wouldn't win it. At the start. But she did. We were depressed early on about that because, again, you um, put up on Instagram, on our Instagram, 
the 7am The Vote podcast with Dr. Monique Ryan and mm-hmm. her campaign. Yeah. And you put it up and I then listened to it at the gym and then I cried again. <laughs> yeah, I cried at that one. It was amazing listening to her. It was so yeah. wholesome. And, you know, one of the things that is said is Kuyong is one of the safest liberal seats in the country. The average house price in that electorate is two and a half million dollars. This woman, a doctor at a public hospital, went up against the treasurer of the country and fucking slaughtered him yeah and that is incredible it is it's Fuck so good you. I, I think there is a little bit of um criticism from people i've heard about the teal independence and saying like well they're not that progressive mm. because i think they're progressive they're obviously progressive on climate um and then and i think uh gender issues oh, and yeah, lgbt ICAC well. issues icac things like that um but i think there are probably a lot of places where people would prefer them to be more progressive, um, which I understand, obviously. But the thing for me is being the very, like, fact that they're running predominantly on a climate platform means big spend on climate. And that is just fundamentally not what the Liberals are about. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. The majority of these independents are going into Liberal seats. Yes, exactly. And, and you know, what we do talk a lot about how these women are largely um, white upper middle or upper class women who are disenfranchised with the Liberal Party and extract and leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's obviously questions around that, but at the end of the day, their platform is so much significantly better mm-hmm. than the Liberals are. And I would much prefer to have them in there challenging the balance of power between the two major parties. Yeah. And even though I think like Zali Stegall's win last election was like excellent and, and fantastic, she was actually known in the community before. Yeah. She's Monique- an Olympic medalist as yes. well. Monique Ryan was not known. No. She popped out of nowhere. She she applied to run, like, in an, she saw an ad in the paper yeah. from the Climate 200 that said they were looking for, um, like, independents who would, and it, they're not a party, who would, like, sign up to this Climate 200 yeah. pledge. Um, so she just, like, popped out of nowhere and fucking beat yeah. one of the, mo- like, highest holding office there's people. something like six seats that are currently looking like they're going to go independent. Allegra Spender. Yep. Um, Zoe Daniels. Yep. Naughty Scamps. <laughs> Sophie Scamps. I can't remember. You've got it. Sophie Scamps. <laughs> Sophie Scamps. Um, unfortunately, Kristen used the phrase naughty scamps two weeks ago. And now we, un- <laughs> and it wasn't about Sophie Scamps, but it was to say someone was a naughty scamp. And then in our messages, we've just started calling Sophie Scamps. Because naughty we're scamps. super cool and all we do is message about politics. Yeah. We call Sophie Scamps naughty scamps. Sorry, she's Sophie. not naughty. She's though. not naughty. She's lovely. She's I think. Great. I, I believe in her. Don't know her much. <laughs> Hopefully, Sophie, if you're out there. Yeah. Can you please tell, tell us if you're lovely? Really? Yeah. Exciting. Okay. I just want to talk about our speech for a moment. Okay. So, I I guess I can say it now because Labor's won the election, but I wasn't quite sure about Albo. Because, well, the main reason was I wanted a woman. You wanted Tanya. I wanted Tanya to be the Prime Minister. Excuse me. Um, And, like, Albo is a career politician. And even though, like, I know that probably someone who's newer to the the game of politics is not going to be electable in the same way, blah, 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 whatever, I don't care. But I was just a bit like, I don't know. I don't know about him. Um, But when I watched his speech i thought that is a fucking great speech like i don't know if i don't know who wrote it but shout out to them really good speech and i think i'm like going to give him another chance like blank slate we're signing again because i do when when i watched it i was like oh my god are we actually going to have some progressive policy yeah because the things that he talked about in his speech were quite meaningful Mm -hmm. um 
he opened with an acknowledgement of country, which Scott Morrison did not do. And he talked about um, the Uluru Statement from the Heart, which he's committed to. And also, I just wanted to mention that Linda Burney is going to be the Indigenous Affairs Minister and is the first Indigenous woman to ever hold that role, which is really exciting, I think. Um, And, oh, even some of the things that Albo said about, um, about diversity in his speech um he did talk about his you know story from public housing blah 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 to be honest i'm a bit like okay we've heard that i think it's i think it's important (laughs) i I think it's a really good i i think it's a really great opportunity to raise the fact that the prime minister of this country was born and raised in public housing yes with a single mother yes and all these things it is a really wonderful thing it is but it is a story that i've heard a million times because yeah. i'm so politically engaged and interested in the left yes i, I don't think everyone knows that but i think we knew that yeah way yeah not to di- not to like um dismiss his experience it's just that like i've heard it so many times um He's also not married, which I think is, I mean, Julie Gillard did it before him and she's a woman, but I think it's also just like, you know, after the age of Scott Morrison and like being, you know, bringing so much religion into the role, I do like the fact that he is unmarried um, and divorced even. And there was one other thing. Oh, Albo did say also something in his speech about like a nod to the LGBTQIA plus community, which I thought was really, and that's also one of the things that I was like, wow, he said that. And then I was like, oh my God, how fucked up that I am like surprised by the leader of a country saying something like that. Like that is the conservative Australia we've been living in for the last decade. But to open a speech by re-acknowledging your commitment to implementing the Uluru Statement from the Heart and having an enshrined voice in uh, enshrined First Nations voice in Parliament mm-hmm. um, and, you know, referring to the mighty trade unions, yep. referring to the LGBTQIA plus community, like it is horrifying to me how refreshing that is. Mm. It shouldn't be, but it is. Yeah. Um, and I think it's something to be celebrated, but it's also something to be expected. That yes. is the bar now. Yeah. And I think that's really important that we decide that this is the new normal as fast as possible mm-hmm. and stop giving him a clap every time this happens because it's amazing. And it, I, you know, I'll cry. I haven't, I actually haven't watched the speech in full. Mm-hmm. I went to bed um, and then I watched highlights of it, but when I do, I'll cry again for the 17,000th <laughs> time this week. I don't know why I've been doing that. Um, but it, it, this is the new normal. Yes. Yeah. And we should never go back. And also another thing that I thought, and just this morning is like, thank God we haven't like gone all America. I was really worried about that, yeah. um, especially because America is like not doing very well at the moment. Um, and I also, the other thing that, that I thought was really good about his speech, and obviously this only counts if he actually follows through, but I have been worried, and this is what's happened in America with Biden and the Democrats, that they've been too scared to do stuff. Mm. And like, we really desperately need a government, a progressive, more progressive government to who will actually do things in Australia because of everything that's been chipped away after the last decade. Oh, absolutely. And I think the concern for everyone is, is that, you know, we knew that whoever won last night was going to have a hard time. Mm. Um, and I think Labor Party more so mm-hmm. because it is a really hard time to pick up where this government has left off. Yep. And it is really hard to make fast change when you've made a whole fucking range of commitments. Mm-hmm. And they have made a lot of commitments. They have. And also the Libs have left the economy in a really bad spot and it's not going to be fixed right now. It'll no. keep getting worse for a little while and that's going to be blamed on Labor, even though it's actually 
more likely to be a hangover from the Liberals. Absolutely. I'm really interested to see how the Murdoch media, I mean, by interested, I mean absolutely terrified to see how the Murdoch media treats this government. But I also think that um, having so many Greens and independents is powerful, but having a majority Labor government is also good because the Mm -hmm. Greens and the independents will force them to the table on issues like climate action. But we also have the power to get legislation through and fast, which is something that the Liberals have fucking failed time and time again. I mean, their bills are evil, so Mm -hmm. good that they suffered and they couldn't get religious discrimination through and they didn't bother with the federal ICAC and blah, blah, blah. They have done fuck all. It is it is impossible to understate how little they have done in passing legislation. Mm-hmm. But they also had a very close call in terms of I think they had one less seat, one more seat. Like it was a very close balance of power this time around. Labor and the Greens and Independents will be able to move through a lot quicker. Yeah, I think the issue being that we want I want to see. Um, the independents and the Greens be able and have the capacity to put a lot of pressure on Labor. Yeah, agree. Um, and Christina Keneally. I literally thought, here we go, <laughs> KK. Um, Krispy Kreme, Christina Keneally. Krispy Kreme. So last year, I think around September, according to this news article, um, Christina Keneally was, they at- Labor attempted to parish, uh, well, they did, fuck, well, I've done it again. Labor decided, so in my opinion, and what a lot of people are saying is that Christina Keneally was being brought out of the Senate into the lower house so that she could um, prepare to be like an upcoming Labor leader. Yeah. Um, But to do that, obviously, she had to leave the Senate. And so uh, the party put her, well, arguably the right faction of the party, put her in the seat of Fowler. um, But the pre-selection process had already started and uh to lee who was who is a lawyer who had been campaigning in the community for a long time um to be pre-selected was like pushed aside for her for for keneally um anyway so keneally ended up winning that and i don't know if anyone remembers but it uh, lee is a daughter of immigrants who had um, and she'd grown up in the community, in the electorate, and Keneally had, like, not, basically. She had not. Um, she had not. And so there was a lot of outcry about this, and the um, – I know I just said good things about Albo, but he stood up and said, well, Christina Keneally is a hardworking immigrant too. Yikes. Who came from Nevada. Vegas, baby. <laughs> anyway. I just – I mean, I can – I can understand and I can, I can't empathize with it, but I can understand that politics is all about games and everyone stabs each other and this shit has to happen and they have to win and blah, 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 blah. Tuli would have had a better shot. Yes. She was a reflection of that community. She knew that community. Also. They are fucking idiots. They were looking for an opportunity. Yeah. And Christina Keneally fucking lost to an independent. Sorry. That, that is the final point is that Christina Keneally lost and yep. they parachuted her in and then she fucking lost. And, and so she left the Senate to now be unemployed. <laughs> Also, before we fucking finish on her, she and I'm going to tweet it. I'm going to I'm going to read it on the 13th of May, just like weeks before the election. Christina Kinley tweeted, "Labor supports cost recovery from people in immigration detention. The vast majority of people in detention are criminals or have or have violated their visa." Mr. Morrison has been in office for nearly a decade during including as immigration minister. Why has he left it to now to announce this? So 
she's talking about cost recovery from people in immigration. So once that they've been locked up in detention for committing no crime, they would then have to pay for the privilege of being locked in fucking detention without committing a crime. That is so beyond fuck. Anyway, it's okay. Enjoying the win. Enjoying the win, people. I hope they're all sitting on seek this morning and updating their CVs. So anyway, Christina Keneally was in our naughty books. She's a naughty scamp. (laughs) And I know I'm just making a joke. That's really fucked up, though, what she did. Anyway, she's lost to an independent. I also think it's important to note that she was the person that flew... Uh, to see the Billawilla family and mm-hmm. take photos of them, and I know that's I know there are, there's a range of things about detention and visas and blah 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 blah, and it's not the same thing necessarily. But I don't think that you can go and take fucking photos with them one month and then decide to tweet shit like that the next. Exactly. Fuck you, Christina. Exactly. So now she's unemployed. God bless. Um. Oh, the swing in Western Australia. I just want to do a shout out. Absolutely. We have six percent of our audience in Perth. <laughs> So, sorry, it doesn't break up by the whole state, I don't think. It's just, per- like, city-based. So, shout out if you're in WA and you're not in Perth. Um, nine, around a 9% swing to Labour. Huge. Huge. I mean, you did have Christian Porter, so I can understand why you were angry. Yeah, <laughs> pop off. Oh, I just got a – something's happening. Yeah, Labour now on track for majority government. Okay. Um, so, shout out to WA. Okay. All in all, I'm just, like, so glad that I'm not – I'm really happy that I haven't been in a bubble – because I thought, I was like, oh my God, am I just in a bubble oh, or is like, are things changing? But I think that's how we've all felt the last, yeah. but I mean, I think Cheek as a whole thing is, is a bubble, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that especially like, I think we've all been having really hard conversations with our parents and with our family members. And I think that the, one of the harder things is all these conversations I was having with my friends were like, my conservative family is voting labor for the first time or voting independent or blah, blah, blah. And it felt like this was all happening and it felt like everyone hated Scott Morrison. But my other thing was, you know, are people getting into the booth and just like lying to me? Yeah. Like I was just so terrified. Like I felt like I was having all these talks and they were all positive. And then I thought, am I just... In, have you know extending my echo chamber by one layer and I still have no idea what's going on out there and I will tell you that the time that we have spent campaigning has been some of the most distressing times in terms of interacting with people that fundamentally fucking hate progressives mm-hmm. when I stood on the booths yesterday for eight hours in the fucking pouring rain the amount of horrific things that were said to me mm. something so concerning that I want to point out and this really got to me and I've said it to a few people was the amount of women who just walked directly behind their husbands and the husband would take the liberal or one nation or UAP how to vote. And I would say, I would say to their partner, the woman behind them, can I give you one of these? And they'd say, I'm just going to copy his. Please don't. And I just think, is that where we're at? Yeah. Is that seriously where we're at? Mm -hmm. I think to see that, you know, um, I think the ABC referred to it as like professional women. Um, the big, one of the biggest swings in the country, it's funny, like, imagine underestimating 51% of the country. I know. It's 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 just so confusing to me. Fuck you, But Scott. then when I was standing there yesterday and seeing these women do this and seeing mothers talk to their daughters about voting liberal and, mm-hmm. and seeing these conversations in front of me, it's terrifying. Yeah. Um, but we're not here for anger or sadness because those people were depressed last night and that makes me very happy. <laughs> I met so many young libs the last couple of weeks yeah. and last night I was just like, wow, you're going to be so sad. Um, I walked, I approached Kristen at a booth. <laughs> can we kind of talk about this? The gum? 
Oh, sure. <laughs> Kristen, it's like I, I came to see Kristen at the booth. Can I just give some context? I went up and down in my moods on the booth. Yeah. Because some days I was like, don't speak to anybody. I mean, like, don't speak to the other volunteers. Like, the, don't speak to the libs, I mean. Um, and some, and this day I had just, I had like cracked truly well and truly cracked. Carry on. So I approach, <laughs> and I know Kristen is, um, stands her ground. I'm, I'm not a confrontational person. I would break down in tears again for the 18,000th time. But I'm also don't love controversy. Like I don't love confrontation, but I was just standing behind Kristen waiting and this lib, I don't know how it started this also, can I just say, I'm not sure if anyone else noticed this and you pointed it out to me and you're absolutely right. The Lib volunteer shirts are collared. <laughs> it's just, a, it's cementing the class divide. Yes. It's like a polo. Every other volunteer is wearing a t-shirt. I'm backing Peter. And they all have the same like high and tight haircut. Oh my God. And they're wearing fucking chinos, RMs and those puffer vests. And the polo. And the cap. The cap. I'm backing Peter. No, stop. So... I knew Kristen had lost it. This was like Wednesday, no, Thursday. It was Thursday. We yeah. were really close. And I approached you and I was standing behind you and I hadn't confronted or spoken to any of the libs when I'd been there because I'm terrified. And Kristen just turns to me and the guy's obviously like a meter away from me. He can hear us. He's he, We're standing in a triangle. Kristen turns to me and goes, this guy just spat out his gum into the garden. Do you know how long it takes that shit to break down? <laughs> Also, like, I applaud your sentiment, but, like, I, I wouldn't die on the hill of a piece of gum. Well, okay, so this is what happened. He, We were standing, like, next to each other, unfortunately, and um, I started – because, I mean, this is in Peter Dutton's seat. Unfortunately, he, he did – it looks like he's going to win his seat again, sadly. But I started saying – because we all heard, like, the all of the liberal candidates are trying to distance themselves from Scott Morrison as much as possible. Like, none of their advertising and shit had Scott on them. So I had started um, saying, a vote for Peter Dutton is a vote for Scott Morrison every time a voter walked past, yep. depending on the vibe of the voter. And so he said to me, oh, you just got to get the little dance in, do you? And I was like, first of all, that's a weird thing to say. What does that mean? I don't know. I think he thought we were like um, sparring. And oh. I was like, no, I just fucking hate you. Sorry, this isn't like an enemies to lovers smut romance. And Get I was the like, fuck away from like, me. Like, sorry. And I know I talk about having a shaved head all the time, but like, do I look like someone who's going to be like, tee hee? <laughs> yeah. Go fuck yourself, mate. Anyways, so I said, I was like, well, it's the worst thing about him, if, even though arguably it's probably not. And anyway, so. That had happened and I like just shut it down because I was like, I'm not talking to you and that's also just not really fun for me. And then after a little while longer, he crosses the road where there's a hedge and he gets the gum out of his mouth and he puts it in right in the hedge. And he came back and I was watching him and I was like, you did not just fucking do that. <laughs> and we waited like a minute and I was like, was that gum? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, you can't spit gum into the garden. And he's like, oh, what do you mean? I was like, well, it's littering. He's just like, oh, <laughs> is it? And I was like, that's going to take ages to break down. Thousands of years. It's not actually going to take thousands of years. But it's actually made of it's plastic gum. How gross is that? And also, and something I didn't say to him, is that generally what happens is gum does not break down because a wild animal usually takes it and then chokes to death. Oh 
Anyway, so I am I am going to die in this cell, frankly. And I like looked down at his shirt and I was like, well, it makes sense, doesn't it? That you would hate the environment. <laughs> and so then he didn't say anything to me and I like turned away, but we're still like standing very close to each other. And then, yeah, so then Hannah came and I said this thing about how he hates the environment and he, but even like, he was so smug, like so oh, smug yeah. and still just, I think thought we were sparring anyway. It went, you know, the day kind of went on a bit and I don't know how it came up again the next time. And he was just like, he's like, well, you, we're all making all these assumptions about me and you don't even know me. But you hadn't said anything. He had started. I didn't say anything. It was confusing because often like if I'm happy for either of us to antagonize someone. Yeah. But you actually didn't. No, I didn't do anything. I was just saying that. Also, there were lots of voters as oh, well. Oh, it's because you called him a litterer. So he said, That's right. you don't even know me. And I was like, well, I don't think that like littering is one of those things. It's like a personality trait. Like yeah. you are or you aren't. Yeah. Also, when someone litters, it says a lot about them, in my opinion. Yes. And also like, I don't have, I have no intention of knowing you. Why would I ever want to? <laughs> and so he goes on and he's like, he's true. Like lo- he's losing it at this point. He's mm. like go- trying to get in my face. And he was like, he was like, you just saw that one thing and you made all these assumptions about me. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's, he goes, did I stutter? And I was oh, like, that was so weird. It was so embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Cause it was like, do you think you're in pitch perfect too, mate? I know. <laughs> I think he thought he was intimidating He's me. He's full on like fucking uck, excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> literally. He's like, did I stutter? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> did I stutter? And I was like, mate, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> like it was, he made no sense. No fucking idea. And you know the most powerful thing? And this might be an assumption on my behalf, but I'm pretty sure that the volunteers made him stay away from me for the rest of the time. Because of what he did. Be- yeah, because he got he into a fight. He was really aggressive. Yeah, he was. He like arced up and it's because he was, hey, was he taller than you? In my mind, I was taller than him. I actually <laughs> think that I could have crushed him with two of my toes had it come to it. He was, he was a fairly like, he would have been a bit taller than me, I imagine. Yeah. But like quite a small but guy. Because they're a tall always, thank queen. you queen. <laughs> and like no offense to small people. But, like, he had the attitude of, like, a chihuahua. You know, I, I want to, in our final moments, I mm-hmm. want to talk about some of the funnier fucking things that we dealt with in the last probably 72 hours before the election when we truly lost it. Because we were pretty much doing, like, when you calculate what we did for Cheek plus campaigning plus our normal work, we're probably doing 16-hour days. Yeah. And also counting the time that I spent stressed before going to sleep each night. I know that you started commentating on voters. Yeah, out loud. To, out loud to yourself. To myself, when no one was around. I started shadow boxing in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would get up in the shower, and obviously, I was sorry, I would get up and then I would get in the shower, and I'd put on my music. And the music was really angry. Like, I'm not that angry. It wasn't lift by Shannon Noel. And I would start like. And I would make the noise with my mouth like Rocky, like Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> like, <laughs> and then I would stop and then I would practice a conversation with one of my conservative relatives because mm-hmm. I was really scared someone was going to arc up at me yeah. at the family funeral. Yeah. So I would be like, I have 30,000 followers. I don't need your opinion. <laughs> and I would practice these Hannah lines. gave me the whole, her whole spiel. Literally we were sitting in this camp chairs one morning and I was like, so Kristen, in my mind, they say this. And then I say, well, why did you fuck yourself? <laughs> <laughs> 
So, yes, there was a lot of things. I started commentating on voters out loud. Mm-hmm. Like muttering. Yeah, but someone would walk past me and be like, no, thank you. And I'd be like, okay, then. Like, but then it got worse. So it got like. Um, so this is a perfect example. So in the first, because I was at two different booths in the morning and the afternoon. The first one, five hours on my own, basically, because we were all, there were three of us and we we're all spread out standing in the middle of a car park in the rain like it was fucking pissing down at some point <laughs> and it was raining the whole time and did not let up for one minute so that's what is happening and i have this long raincoat on and really great raincoat but unfortunately the like <laughs> the rain was running off into my jeans so my crotch to my knee were completely wet my my socks were wet i had a, my hood on and i so i couldn't see out the side like a horse with blinders on so i didn't see when people were coming up behind me anyway just to set the scene and people would come up and I would like get the how to vote out of this like folder where they were staying dry, but my hands were wet. So I'd get them out of the folder wet and I'd flop them around. <laughs> in front of you and I'd be like, would you like a how to vote? And they'd be like, oh, no, thank you. And then I had to put the wet one back inside with the yeah. dry ones. And so sometimes and then a One Nation woman came like a few, maybe 15 minutes away from me. And so I would offer someone a how to vote and then they'd be like, no, thanks. And then they would walk off and they would take the One Nation one. I was like, oh, well, of course you would. You're fucking racist. Okay, that makes (laughs) sense then. And then louder than that, by the way. And then the other thing I did is when people pretend like they can't see you. Oh, it's so bad. This woman gets out of the car because the parking was a nightmare. I won't go into it because it's very boring, but there were no parks. (laughs) I could explain the configuration of the car park. This car comes up, a couple, man and a woman, and the woman gets out of the car and I give her the, I, I like gesture for her to take the how to vote. And I say like, would you like a how to vote? And she just looks ahead and I know she can hear me, but she's pretending she hasn't heard me. And I'm almost like a meter away from her and she pretends she can't see me as well. And then she walks around the front of the car and as she's walking around the front of the car, the her boyfriend is like edging forward. So it's getting really close. Like the car came among like probably two centimeters away from her leg and i was just like so i was commentating out loud and i was just like oh well i know you can see me and i know you can hear me but now you're gonna get run over by your boyfriend that was so you right for ignoring oh me my like it just got very 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 unhinged well i feel like i had a few men making like sexual harassy comments to me yesterday and then i got to a point where like one of them said something and then he said oh anyway i would never vote greens or labor and then as he was walking away, as he was walking away, I heard myself say under my breath, I bet you wish I couldn't read either if we had it your way. <laughs> and that, that happens so many times. Like, oh, and, oh my God, can I just say how many men would not take a how to vote from me? They would only take it from a man. It happened to me so many times. Yeah. Even some women. Yeah. Rude. Rude. Anyway, I think we can laugh about this shit now. Yeah. And I said on a story the other day, one of the final things is I stood next to a candidate who's a woman on a on a booth um, during pre-poll. And one of the worst things I heard was a man come up to her and say, if I knew you were that good looking, I would have voted for you last time. And his wife was with him and his kids. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so many people made comments about whether she did mm. or didn't look like her photo on the poster, if yep. she looked older or younger. Like... It is disgusting. And the worst part about those scenarios is that you have no power to fight back because you're trying to be an elected representative for the community and you have to just smile and take it. Yeah. There's a lot of traumatizing things that happen and a lot of, I think it's really good to, it's hard because we feel like we're in an echo chamber, but then we've been going out and doing that and seeing the worst. So we did know. Yeah. I think it felt very blue though. Yes, it did. And also like the, um, uh, the, well, Palmer and One Nation, 
votes are down mm. last time we saw in Australia, thank God. Um, but there were so many t- people taking their how to votes on pre-poll, yeah. like a concerning amount. Um, and this one fond volunteer, this is the last anecdote I'll share, was like started talking about Pauline. And she was like, oh, make sure, like, this is Pauline's party. Like, make sure you vote for Pauline. She's up in the Senate. And she was like, oh, yeah, Pauline has COVID at the moment. But don't worry, two days she'll be back to normal. She'll be good as new. And she's like, I hope she's got ivermectin at home. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, these people are actually, I mean, I know I see commentary about them, but I'm like, fuck, they're real. This is real real. life. I saw um, a UAP volunteer talking to a voter about, the quote was verbatim, if you get all five strains of COVID-19, you get HIV. That is fucked up. That shouldn't be legal. You should not be allowed to go out in public and say that to people. Yeah, that's the worst thing. And okay, so I have a, I said finally, but this is an extra long episode for fun. <laughs> I was really, really mad at the Palmer candidate that I saw a few times. Because she was spreading disinformation, like her that was like that was her fucking job. Yeah, and I said that to someone, and I was and I was just so mad because I was like, this is so predatory, the yeah. stuff that they're saying. And the person I said it to was like, well, you know, the, like they're kind of caught up in it as well. And I was like, yes, like the person to be held the most accountable should be Clive Palmer because he has enabled this and he has so much fucking power and money. But I also hold the candidates personally responsible as well because like i get it they've been like you know tricked by all of this misinformation and disinformation but they are now going and repeating it and they have some semblance like i mean they got a couple of percent of the vote but some semblance of power and i just think that they should still like if there's a pyramid of responsibility clive palmer's at the top because he has the most power but those people still have power and they still should be held accountable for spreading downright lies yeah it was all about vaccine because that's their only platform freedom 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 yeah freedom from a coalition government congratulations everyone yes so excited for us all queens but kings and non-binary royalty don't you fucking dare unfollow us because we're just getting going (laughs) i actually was like oh my god you know i think and a few people have messaged us like what will you do now that you've done it and it's like you think that's it yeah exactly (laughs) we're done now goodbye we're goodbye this is our goodbye we weren't running a weird campaign exactly (laughs) but also we've done a lot of feminist content especially on the podcast so don't worry plenty still to come um holding the new government to account first of all that's one of the things that we'll be doing maybe now that scott's not the prime minister he'll have time to come on the pod ew what's the <laughs> point now <laughs> I, oh it'd be so funny you lost i want him to know me enough to hate me that's Fair like a bucket point. list item you want to be hated by scott i want Morrison. him to like have a to, to like know enough about me to like blind hatred if you didn't find us completely insufferable, come back next Wednesday for a new episode. You could also find us on Instagram at Cheek Media Co. or online at cheekmedia.com.au. Yes, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs>